Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's going on, Clever Investors? Welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber, the OG Clever Investor. And here in the studio today, we got somebody who went from being a health coach, a vegan health coach, uh, for many years, very successful in that line of work, um, in the health space, totally dominated, and then found stock market investing and ended up leaning into that and became one of the more successful traders and coaches in the space. I've been following him on Instagram for a while now, and uh, we're lucky enough to have him in Clever Investor Studios because he happens to be here in Arizona. We got taste sweat here in the studio. What's up, baby? My man, how's it going? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Man, you got to teach me about stock market investing. I'm trying Absolutely. to get that paper. Yes, sir. That yes, real, sir. That, 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 <laughs> is it real paper or fake paper? I guess it's, I guess it's a little paper. bit of both, right? <laughs> yeah, no shit, huh? All right. Well, listen, th the whole point of this show is just to teach people a little bit mm -hmm. of the game. Absolutely. And you got, you, you got something that you call like secure the bag or get the bag or something. We need the bag, baby. We need the bag. I That's know. It. Well, so we secure the bag. That's so, uh, so, you know, I don't want to get too much into the hero's journey, but you've done a lot of a lot of really cool stuff. How long have you been stock marketing, uh, stock trading? About almost eleven years now. So yeah, it's been a while. So, okay, it's been a journey. <laughs> and you're and you're self taught. You had mentors. How how did you crack the code? So I had a lot of mentors, and then took the information, and then went even deeper on my own. So uh, probably about twelve years ago, working with a billionaire, and his name is Charlie. Uh, he's a personal training client of mine. And I worked with him, you know, we kind of talked about it, worked with him totally free as long as he's willing to exchange the information for how he got to a billion dollars. And, you know, the rest was history. So you just said, hey, listen, put me on game. Mm -hmm. Teach me. I'll, I'll teach you the, the vegan health game. You teach me the investing game. So I can what get out of get oh, out of I this situation? Out of you wanted you wanted to break break through the yeah, rat absolutely. race. I, you know, by this time, I'd say I was already pulling in 120K a month uh, as a trainer. Right. I went online to, you know, took it to the online space. I didn't know what to do with the money. So it was a thinking. subscription model. Yes. I had a subscription model. You know, I'm churning, you know, three to 500 people a month. Just, well, not churning, but having three to 500 people paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. And that just kept, you know, it kept going for years. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do with all this money? I don't know what to do with it. I need mm. someone to tell me, hey, I like real estate, but I don't know anything about real estate. Should have came to you, right? <laughs> but, you know, at the time, I had Charlie at my disposal, and, you know, he needed my help. He had a, a gimpy leg. So he's like, can you help me fix this and change my diet? I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I see what you've done for yourself. If you teach me, I got you. <laughs> Dude, hitting the B, the B club, the big B club, that's no joke. Mm -hmm. There's a big gap between Absolutely. millionaires and billionaires. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you, know, I, you know, I've, uh, I've been lucky enough to have you know, made over a hundred million dollars in my career, but never in one year, never at one time. And that's a hundred million times that by 11 Yes, <laughs> to get, you know, like that's pretty much what you got to do. I mean, that's, it's very unique it's club. Huge. And so to learn from somebody like that is a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've heard a story about Magic Johnson doing something very similar. Mm -hmm. uh, have you heard about that? Like he, 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 he would just say, Hey, listen, just introduce me to everybody who's got season tickets. Mm-hmm. What a smart it's man, huge, because right? that's really, it's like, hey, mm -hmm. listen, okay, you might not be able to pay me what I think I should be paid, but make, you know, part of my contract, I want you to introduce me to everybody who's got floor seats, because those motherfuckers got money. Absolutely. And I want to learn <laughs> from them. So, I mean, I think that's that's a really good way to approach it, uh, trading the service, because everybody, 
always, you know, I'm sure you get this a lot where people are reaching out to you on DMs. Will you mentor me? Mm-hmm. Will you mentor me for free? <laughs> yep. You're like, dude, you're leading with the wrong ask, right? You at least had something of value to, to exchange with. So, all right. So he put you on game. And how long did it take you to actually crack the code before you started making any money? Because stock trading is so tough. There's yes, a lot of moving pieces. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, literally, I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to figure it out, to be honest. Uh, you know, they say it's part of the game, right? It's, you know, school of hard knocks is what some people call it. And, you know, it was my tuition. But I'd say after about three years, three years in, I was ready to go. I was ready to go. And, of course, a lot more self-study after what he taught me. Because you have to go in and realize that there are patterns and there are cycles. And just like real estate, you know, there's real estate cycles. There are stock cycles. That's what I, you know, that's what I learned. That's what I actually teach now about the cycles. Because if you know the cycles, you can kind of get ahead of it. Pretty much beat the market, you know, pretty much every year if you want. All right. So teach me. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dumb when Absolutely. it comes to stocks. Yeah. Uh, we, we learned about it. I, I got a degree in finance from ASU and we learned about it, but I never got into it. Um, teach me, how do I make money in the stock market? Mm -hmm. Like right now in today's market, because it's funny because my girlfriend's learning how to be a day trader Mm -hmm. and she listens to guys like you and they jump on in the morning when the market opens and they're like, uh, you know, Mark, I hear them talking like market's a little choppy today. Market's a little choppy. (laughs) You know, it's going up, it's going down. It's like, Mm -hmm. is that all it is? Like you just reading charts and learning, uh, what, what do they call the candlesticks? Pretty much, yeah. And, and so what I teach, so of course, I go live every day, market's open. We do our live trading. And the number one thing I'm telling people is the market moves for one reason and one reason only, to pick up buyers and sellers. That's, for the most part, if you keep it that simple, that's why the market moves. So my goal is to teach people how to find the buyers and ride with them and where the sellers are and how to get out right where they are. And if you even play it at the next level, you can short the market where the sellers are. So for me, that's, of my game. I'm looking for buyers and sellers. Now, of course, you know, to the average, you know, person who's, oh, I've heard about buying seller zones. It's much deeper than that. Because you have buyers and seller zones, but of course, there are other things that you need to be aware of. Market cycles, right? Market timing. Uh, And, you know, some people may not even, especially in finance, they may not even get into what I get into, which is uh, astrology. And that's a part of the game as well. Wait, you're you're looking at like, is uh, Mars in retrograde right now? And you're like, hey, hey we got to get out. We got to get out. Everybody out, out. This is your morning call. Hey, Marcus Choppy, Mars is in retrograde. Get the fuck out right now. So yeah, it's, it's you know, and once again, it's not a huge part of it, but it's an environment. One of the things I teach, similar to, you know, you walk in the room, your woman's in there with candlelight and, you know, you have roses everywhere. You know what environment that is. Oh, it's time to get busy, right? But if she's in there, her hair's all over her head. She's been tossing the desk everywhere. You're not getting lucky tonight. You know exactly yeah, so what you need to read the, the tea leaves of what's really there going on you here. Go. So it's about the environment. So how do we make money in the stock market though? Like what, what am I trading? What am I focusing on? Are these like tried and true old school companies like blue chip stocks? Is this like more like risky things? Is these uh, like funds? Like what, what are we focusing on? So for me personally, I like to go where the money is. So you're going to go into anything with high liquidity. So any index, perfect. Because it's not as risky as a penny stock. Right? Penny stock's probably going bankrupt. You know, it's a bad company. Although you can trade it, it's not wise. And it's not a lot, a lot of liquidity there. So you may buy it. And I've had people do this. You may buy a penny stock. It go in your direction. You make money, but you can't sell it. 
because nobody's on the other side. Bingo. So I like to always have that liquidity there. So for me, index, perfect. So S&P 500, we talked about the QQQ, right? Even, you know, trading that. Um, And so there are many ways of doing it. You have stocks, you have options, right? Because you can trade options on the QQQ uh, by, you know, calls. That's when it's going up. You can sell and get into puts. Talk to me right? like I'm a three-year-old so, right, right now. I don't, so, you're talking puts and shots and calls and <laughs> SQQQQ and TQQ. I don't understand. I, I only get it through osmosis, but I am learning that like some some funds are inverse of each other. Like mm-hmm. when one goes up, the other goes down. Absolutely. And so you're kind of like trying to figure out which one is hitting mm-hmm. today. So for me personally, I like to focus. So to keep it super simple, I like to focus in on one thing. So for me personally, S&P 500 is enough. Why? Because that's the biggest representation of the market. It's 500 companies, not the Dow 30, not the NASDAQ 100. We have 500 companies here. So if this is down, majority of everything else is probably going to be down. So it gives me a good representation of the market. But also when we get into, so the options, it's a leverage way of playing, right? And if I'm being honest with you, this is going to you know deter a few people if they hear me say it this way, but it's honestly the it's what it is. It's gambling. I was about to say it it's feels like gambling. gambling. When I yes. when I looked into it, I'm like, ooh, we're yes. we're we're gonna roll the dice. Yes, it's gambling, but I do have to add this onto it. Gambling is 50-50, right? For the most part, right? 50 percent okay. of the time you probably will win at a roll of the dice. 50% of the time you may lose. Now, with options or with trading period, what I like about it is there is a higher probability based on the system. There are rules to the market. So when people get into algorithms, because we know we know big money, the institutions, banks, things like that, they have bots or algorithms trading for them. Well, who created the algorithm? A human, someone who set a list of rules and said, hey, follow these things. So these algorithms have rules just like humans do. If you know the rules, that is when you can actually get in and play at a higher probability. Okay, so what what is what what are some rules? Like, give give me some mm-hmm. idea of what you're talking about. Because I'm new, I come to you, and I'm like, hey, listen, I got ten grand saved up, right? I want to start start doing this. Step one, I'm guessing, I got to get educated. Mm-hmm. I got to learn my language, right? Right, and then what? Am I going to set up like a fake account and start f- trading with fake money first? That's exactly what I suggest. Because I mean, honestly, you want to get the, you know, the ins and outs, the lingo. You want to get your things down packed before you play with real money. Because you're going to lose. That's just hands down. You're going to lose money. The goal is to start making your wins bigger than your losses. So that's rule number one. Make your wins bigger than your losses. If you can't do that with paper money or fake money, then you need to work on it, right? But once we get that going with fake money, then we can start getting into the deeper rules. Is there like a, a, a system that you can buy? Is it free to like fake trade? Yeah, so you can, there are plenty of systems you can get. Usually your average broker should have it, TD, uh, you know, E-Trade. They pretty much all have paper trading platforms now where you can get in, kind of play around with some things. They give you 100K, you know, fake money and let you get in there and chop it up, right? The reason why this is good because it allows you to get the rules down packed, right? So, Where's my stop loss? Stop loss basically says if you go here and I'm going up, I get out. Take me out of the trade because you can't. So it's like a preset thing. If this thing is moving in the wrong direction, pull me out. Yes. Just minimize my losses. Absolutely. Okay. So it works on both sides, right? You can set it to where, hey, we hit this number, sell. Yes. Right. Get me out. I'll take my profit and I'm done. Yep. 
So we often do that. As a matter of fact, I have limit orders set right now. Are we talking? And so I trade futures, which is professional. I don't touch, I don't suggest any new people start with futures. What's a, what, what does that so mean? We're, we're, we're betting on like a future value of something? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great, great breakdown. So essentially you have securities and derivatives. Right. And the way I like to, I like to, so I keep things urban, to be honest with you. So, me, I take it back to the days where I come from a very. I'm white. Like, what, what, right? so, what are you trying to tell so me? When right I say, now? I'm, so to, I'm, 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 I'm as white as they come. <laughs> so, how urban, urban are we going right now? You know, I go, you know, back to the hood, right? Okay. We go back to the hood. Right. So, you know, I was raised single mom, two kids. My mom made 20K a year. Mm. Right. At any given day, I can make that in a couple hours. So, that's the difference of what I come from to where I am now. And, you know, in the hood, Guess what? You have people shooting dice. Yeah. Shooting dice. Shooting dice. And what we did, you know, what we saw a lot of in the hood is if you had a group of five people shooting dice, well, guess what? There's another group of people standing around betting, betting on, on the person who's good, right? So it's like, hey, I bet you he wins. Okay. So that is your difference between securities who are doing well and derivatives betting on. So these are your futures. These of your are your securities. I like that. I've never been so. explained it that way, <laughs> that, but that makes a lot of sense. So now absolutely. we're we're just betting on the game. Absolutely. Okay. So the security does well, so does the future, right? And that's you get that same inverse relationship. So I like futures because futures trade similar to Bitcoin. If anybody knows, Bitcoin pretty much runs all day, right? Twenty three six. So for me, I want to trade something that's going to move all day. Okay. I, I like that. So it doesn't even matter if the market's open or closed is what you're saying. Absolutely. The, so yeah, with futures, still... it's open pretty much 23 hours a day. And is it on the same platforms? Like, are we are we investing on the same platform as Yeah, so rest? you can, it, well, it depends. Whatever you want, you know, some people may want to go into the same platform. I don't use the same platform uh, simply because I like, you have some platforms that are going to be solely futures based ninja trader things like that right what do you use so i like ninja trader N ninja trader mm -hmm. ninja trader somebody yeah. actually named their platform ninja, ninja trader, trader. <laughs> and it's the best platform out there absolutely that just goes really to show you, you can build any business any under business. this i mean you don't gotta overthink this thing with a stupid name and logo call it Seriously. ninja something and you're gonna win absolutely all right absolutely i like it mm -hmm. all right so we're, so you're on you're trading futures on ninja trader mm -hmm. um and uh it, and everybody else just picks what? Whatever platform. Like, what's a good beginner platform to, like, just trade stocks on? So, stocks only, beginner platform. And this is super beginner. Robinhood. Robinhood is super easy, super simple. I've heard some good and bad things about that. Just yeah. from the articles coming out. Like, people weren't able to get their trades in and out mm -hmm. on time. And it kind of ran up or ran down on them. And they were pissed. Well, here's the thing about this. So, let, let's, let's teach about that. So, it's called slippage. Right, and I know about slippage. <laughs> I know. Squeak, my my video guy, he's just smiling over there. He's the king of slippage. So yeah, we. Get I don't know what that means. Right? Squeak. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if that was a compliment or a cut down, but it was meant to be a compliment. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you know, slippage is going to basically give you. So you have what's called the bid and the ask. And essentially, to break it down, some something that you would understand in real estate, you have a building and you have someone who's selling the building, right? Okay. And let's say someone like a broker comes in as a middleman. Okay. Right? Says, hey, we want to sell this building. This is what the person wants for it, but this is what I want for it. I'll pay the person their money, right? 
and then I want a little extra on top. Okay, so there it's like wholesaling almost. Wholesaling. That's yeah, it's exactly like wholesaling. Right. Yeah, it's like, exactly hey, right. I know the I think I can get a little bit more than what the person wants. They're Bingo. willing to take this amount. Yep. I'll mark it up a tiny amount Bingo. And, and flip it. So there should be it in the ask. So the ask is what the person wants, the 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 middleman. And then the bid is really what you can get rid of it for, essentially. Okay. So if I come in and I want to buy Apple shares, right? And Apple is sitting at, let's just say, 180 bucks. Well, you're going to have 180 bucks maybe on the bid, and you're going to have 185 on the ask. So this in-between is called a spread. Yep. Right? So, <laughs> that's a big spread. Squeak, squeak knows about the spread too, man. <laughs> you know this guy's the, the king of the spread. The spread I've, heard, I've heard things about this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we got slippage and spread, right? I mean, we're getting good. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you're enjoying this podcast, just go ahead and give me a quick five-star review. Absolutely. Please, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this yeah. is probably my favorite training session ever where we're just, <laughs> we're breaking down. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So, so, all right, we got spread to where it's Robinhood is a great platform for newbies just yep. so that way they can put a few bucks in, mm -hmm. practice around, learn the game a little bit. And then how are you just, is the whole beginning part of your evolution learning how to read a chart? Pretty much. That's, if you don't know, yeah. if you don't know where the stock is going, and as a matter of fact, if you don't know where to get in, where to get out, and where to get, when I say get out, get out for profit. And then where to get out at a loss just in case. If you don't know those three things, don't press the buy button, right? That's my number one thing. If you don't know entry, exit at a loss, exit at a profit, if you don't have those, it's don't do it. So learning the charts is going to be the number one thing because that is what teaches you where the entry is where the stop loss or your exit for loss, and then where your profit should be. Once again, if you don't know that, it's going to be tough. And what we normally see, and we saw this big influx of people come in in 2020, 2021. We were all trapped at home. Everybody's trapped at right. home. We're like, well, how, how are we going to make some, some, some money today? <laughs> all right, let's try this. Mm -hmm. And what you see or what we saw a lot of is we saw a lot of people practicing with real money. Right. Mm. So what happened? How'd that was, work out for them? <laughs> I mean, well, here's the thing. I probably have a lot of it. Yeah, it, it, went, it, it gravitated. <laughs> it was a zero sum game. It yes. just left their pocket and went over to smarter, better traders. There you go. And that's honestly, that's the name of the game for every loser that's going to be a winner. Yeah. And that's actually my story. <laughs> when I got started, I lost. So I started very light. I started with about eighty five hundred bucks. Right? That's light for me. And I go in, I lose all of it. Literally, a couple of weeks, I lost it. Are all. you just pissed? And I'm pissed. You're like, what the hell? I'm pissed. I, I Everybody's supposed laptop. to make money in the stock market. <laughs> Absolutely, right? I'm pissed. I close the laptop. I'm done with this shit. I'm out. No yeah. more. And then I'm very uh, silver lining type of guy, yeah. right? Very okay. optimistic. And I tell myself, well, wait a minute. If I can lose 8500 that fast... I can make it that fast if I'm on the right side of that trade. Yeah, somebody somebody beat you. Somebody beat me. That's mm -hmm. it. So I just need to be ahead of the person who's losing. So then I go, okay, let's take this shit serious. Let's, let's get serious. Let's get down to business and let's have some fun with this. So I go in six months, no trading, study. Study, study, study. I'm reading the books. I'm back testing. That's a big thing. What does back that mean? Back testing basically means I look at a chart, a stock chart of what's happening now. And then I see if I can find out previous moves and if I can see why those moves happened. So, oh, buyers were here. That's why it went up. 
Yeah, sometimes mm. I see the charts and I'm like, I kind of trip out because it just feels like it's like this billions of things happening in the background where you're like, I don't know why it's like shoots up real fast and then it kind of teeters out and then it kind of goes down then it goes up and it goes down and it goes up and then all of a sudden it drops really. Mm -hmm. You're like, what is causing this movement like this? Mm -hmm. um, so is that, is that what you're trying to learn when you, what did you call it? Back testing. Ba back testing. So yep. I'm trying to identify, Hey, at this moment in time, if I would have been able to understand this thing was happening, I could have made a better move. Bingo. Now, is this like a report comes out? No, so this is literally just looking at a stock chart. Let's just say the S&P 500. It goes back, you know, maybe early 1900s. You can go back to early 1900s on that chart and see every move that happened. Yeah, but but is months. it like so, normally, I guess what I'm trying, my brain, my, mm -hmm. my fearful lizard brain <laughs> is trying to understand how to get some confidence in this game. Mm -hmm. Am I looking at like, government websites and like, oh, they're about to release a report. They're about to do this thing. The stock, mm -hmm. they release it. The stock's <laughs> going to do this thing. And so I'm betting on this report to give this information and the market will move. That's very speculative. And I, and I don't like trading like that. And the reason okay. why is because all I have is a guess. Oh, it looks like they bought in. Maybe it's going up. Maybe not. Maybe what they bought was enough. Maybe it wasn't. Right. And we saw a lot of that with, you know, 2020 trading with um, what's Nancy Pelosi. We saw she made a killing and mm -hmm. everybody followed everything she did. Right. That's not the best way to trade. I'll be honest with you. And the reason why is because if she's in it and by the time you hear about it, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the guy way down line on the Reddit, yes. on the Reddit trying we to call figure those out. Bag holders. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy. And, no. Okay, so now you're teaching yourself mm -hmm. and you're actually starting to, what, get some internalization going on where you're kind of getting a gut feeling like, yeah, oh, I absolutely. see that move right there. So think about the way I teach a lot of my students. I say, listen, remember when we were younger and we would sing a song uh, just by memory and our parents always say, if you could learn your math that good, you'd be good in school. I was like, well, I like this song better though. <laughs> I like the song better than math. Well, it's the same way with the stock market, right? If you go in and you get that repetition to learn the song, you're going to get that same confidence to be able to repeat the song's lyrics without hearing the song. And that's what I do. It's the same way I, I teach when it comes to the charts. You won't understand it at first. The second time you see it, it'll still be foreign. It looks like another language. And then after you get repetition after repetition after repetition, you build confidence in those moves that you have and that you see play out every decade, right? Because we have cycles. It's a four-year cycle. There's eight-year cycles. There's 10-year, 11-year cycles. We call it a decennial cycle. It's a bunch of stuff that you can track. You just need to know what to focus in on. That's what I do. I give my students direction so they know what to focus on, and then you backtest that. And we, I like to backtest back sometimes 1897. You go back to the Dow Jones, you can go back to 1897. And I have moves that have been playing out since 1897. So today, when I see that same setup happening, I know where it's going because it happened, you know, decades ago, almost yeah, a century yeah, ago, yeah. right? So wow, that's, that's what I like to do. I like to look at history because it's usually going to give you a, a somewhat a general target for the future. Okay, that makes sense. Um, where do you think the real estate or the real estate market, um, the stock market is going right now? Uh, so I think we got a bull market coming over the next, uh, I say over the next year, year and a half. Um, the cycle that we're inside of now is pointing me straight up. So I see bull market for the next year, year and a half. We need to take a few, a little dip. Uh, so we're in wave three, 
Yeah. What about wave three? That didn't mean anything to you. Yeah. But uh, thing is just about the charts. We we need to take a dip, pick up some buyers. Those buyers come in and it'll take the market high. I'm seeing all time high on the S&P 500 by June 2024. Now, why would that be? If the economy kind of sucks, is it because there's a, a presidential question. run coming up and they, they got to pump, pump it up in order to get reelected going yes, on? Yes, sir. Bingo, spot on. And what we see inside of the presidential, so it's a four-year presidential cycle. And what we see is that years um, that the presidential election has to happen, we're going to see a run-up in the market. And it happens 95% of the time. Mm. So we go with probability once again. So when I go away from 50-50 with gambling, I can go into a 95% probability that we're going to be bullish and that I should just buy going into the election year. So that's what we look for, uh, number one. Number two, there are other things like weather patterns, all right? And I know it's getting a little crazy now, but the sun likes to bring uh, energy to humans, right? We notice that, you know, we have the sun. When it's hot, people get more vibrant. They want to go out. They want to have more fun. They want to spend money, travel, et cetera. Well, are you saying that the, the sun comes out and then the spreads get bigger? <laughs> the, the spread the starts spread happening, the, the, gun, the guns and buns and the spreads, everything good starts happening. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. So, really? You're actually paying attention to the fucking weather? Weather patterns. Wow. Everything plays out. Once again, you back test all this stuff and it plays out every time. Pretty much. Sweet. We are, we're overcomplicating real estate <laughs> over here. I'm just going to start looking at like pressure systems and shit and be like, it's time, it's time to buy. <laughs> it's time to sell. And, you know, honestly, um, you know, real estate, falls behind the stock market about a year, year, two years. So when the stock market crashes two years later, we're going to get some type of movement in the real estate market, right? So I think it could do you a little, you know, have a little fun with Well, now those. now that I'm dating a super sexy Russian day trader, <laughs> I'm getting more into it. Mm -hmm. I'm getting more into it. Um, you going to coach her up for me? Absolutely. All Let's right. do it. All right. I love that. I'm trying to make some real, real stock. I want to, I want to trade I want some futures. Absolutely. Some see, options. I want to do some gambling out here. Well, this is why you would love it. And see, this is why I love it. So, you know, I just bought a almost $7 million property in Puerto Rico where I live. Right. And I didn't have to spend my money for it because you pull money out of the market. You push it into real estate. It flips you more money or, you know, whatever you want to do with it, whether it's cash flow or, you know, appreciation, you literally have this system that feeds itself. Okay. I want to expand on that because right? I think mm -hmm. that we can get in a little financial intelligence for yeah, these, these dumb motherfuckers that listen to my <laughs> podcast. Okay. I'm about to school you guys because look, there's always more than one way to mm -hmm. do things. Absolutely. And it always trips me out because they don't teach this shit in school. And it, it's like, man, if you just got put on a little bit of game your decisions and your kind of the way you thought about business would totally shift. Like, and a good example is, listen, you, you, let's say you get hired to be the CEO, right? And you can get paid a million dollars to be the CEO. That's a, that's an unbelievable opportunity yeah. in life to be, oh, I'm getting and this. And this is a publicly traded company mm -hmm. and you get to be the CEO and get paid a million dollars. That's, that's amazing. If you take that million dollar paycheck, you're going to be taxed at like 37%. Seriously. Because that's earned income, which is the worst type of income to <laughs> yes. have because they tax the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. Instead, what a lot of CEOs do, and you can look it up online, they take a dollar mm -hmm. instead. And then they take options, options against the stock mm -hmm the company stock, and it gets allotted to them as they hit certain milestones. Yes. And instead of taking a million dollars up front, you just take a dollar, which means that you're not a volunteer, you're actually being compensated, and then you take your options. 
And what's cool about that is you can execute those options and then the stock can still go up and down. And here's what's even cooler. You can still get paid a million dollars because you could take your portfolio stocks, go down to your local bank, borrow 75, 80% against it. Bingo. <laughs> now you have debt mm -hmm. that you can go buy that $7 million home with, That's right. right? Because when, when you, debt doesn't get taxed right. because they want the, you to borrow. Mm-hmm. Because this is how the banking system's set up. Because you deposit 10 bucks and they lend out 100. It's fractional lending. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to penalize debt. They want to encourage Courage. borrowing. Absolutely. In, in taking out loans. And the difference between smart people and successful people and poor people and everybody else is the fact that they understand that there's good debt and bad mm -hmm. debt. And <laughs> I don't pay taxes because I own commercial real estate. But I also earn a lot of earned income. And so I had to offset my earned income with this commercial real estate portfolio. Explain, now with that being said, explain how you bought a $7 million house right now. Because you started to go down there. I want you to mm -hmm. expand on it. Absolutely. Um, so I do this with a lot of my so cars. I have a video where I talk about how I did it with uh, my Lamborghini SVJ that I bought. And so anytime I see something that I want, I take the cash for it. Because I'm a cash guy. I like to you know spend cash first, then take the debt out. Right. So for me, I have the cash. I say, okay, well, hey, don't don't put your cash over there. Lamborghini, condo, whatever. Put it in a trading account. Let's trade it. Swing trade, day trade, whatever you want to do. Um, we're going to make profit off of the money that's mine. I'm going to take that profit, put it into a different asset class or not even different asset class, but just a different asset. So instead of maybe a day trade, we're going to go into something with a higher dividend yield or something a little more safer. You can go bonds, you can go, you know, even S&P 500, just put it there. And what we do is we let that move up, right? Now, similar to doing a HELOC on a home, I can actually do what's called a equities-based line of credit. So similar to a HELOC, I have um, money in this equity in this home that I can pull out. Got it. So you you bought all this Apple stock. The Apple stock's chilling over yes. here. Mm -hmm. You where do you is that like a like you don't go to your normal bank to take so out? So usually, this. If, depending on what broker you have, um, they usually offer that at your broker. So they see you have this, you know. And actually, any of the four big banks, I believe, also they'll borrow against equities. So you go and say, hey, here's how much equities I you know I have. So. You, so are you telling me you had you wanted to buy an SVJ, but instead of going to pay cash for the SVJ, you took it and you bought, you made your money day trading or doing something in the stock market. Mm -hmm. Then you took it out of that because you made a bunch of money. So let's say you invested 700K and now you got a million, a million four, a mm -hmm. million five, whatever. You, you took that and you bought into something more stable. Yes. Okay, that has maybe a dividend or something mm -hmm. attached to it, like an Apple stock. Then you went and borrowed against your Apple stock portfolio. So you still own the Apple stock. That's still riding up, hopefully. Yep. Um, kind of steady Eddie doing its thing. And then you took the money that you borrowed and you went and bought the car. Mm -hmm. So now you have the car. You paid cash for it, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So there's no payment. There you go. Um, is there a payment on your line of credit? Mm -hmm. Okay. And at what are these like normal? At the time, it wasn't like normal. At the time, it's 2.9%. Oh, wow. So really light. Okay. So it is like a line. It's just like it's a HELOC. Like, yeah, like a HELOC. Okay, cool. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. So now what? You go to sell that at a certain point and just cash it out? or So yeah, you can do one of two things. One, you can let your dividends, you know, depending on what dividends you have, they can actually pay the um, interest on that line of credit. Or you can wait for appreciation of the stock and then you can sell something off just to go repay 
you know, the, the debt that you have on it. Or what I did, I'm a trader at heart. I won't lie. Although I loved my SVJ. <laughs> I loved it. That thing went from 700K to 1.1 million in value. Why? Because of COVID? I don't know. Honestly, I would say two things. COVID was definitely one of them. Yes. But Lamborghini stopped making the um, naturally aspirated V12. Mm. And they start to go more into hybrid. So you have a new SVJ or a new uh, Aventador, but it's no longer the V12. It's not as visceral and loud and chunky. There you go, yeah. right? So, all right, so, so I had the last one made of that. Yeah, and it was, yeah, I remember seeing a picture of it. It was pretty mm -hmm. fresh looking. It's yeah. my baby. <laughs> yeah, so you sold it. I sold it. And, sold and it. you made money on that. I made a money on Damn, you're making money. money on all angles. That's, that's how we do it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Um, okay. And so did you do something similar with your house? Is that so actually, yeah. So I got into the condo for about 4.5. It's now worth about 7 million. So uh, you know, we it's it's an income property, but if I wanted to sell it today, yeah, I can make out you know, almost three million profit, you know. So that's a beautiful thing. Yes, sir. So so uh so many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. First off, I'd like to apologize to all my viewers for calling you dumbasses. I really don't believe <laughs> that you're dumbasses. I just want to help you become less stupid. Uh, moving to Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. trying to avoid taxes, right? So where were you before that? Uh, so DC, um, my ex-wife, you know, we moved to DC. I got a divorce, moved to Miami. What, what better place Ooh. to go? What better place to go oh. than Miami, right? <laughs> I love Miami. <laughs> so I moved to Miami for about two and a half years, and then I ended up going to Puerto Rico. Is that where you met your new, your new wife? Actually, no. So I've been knowing my, my wife, my current wife. Uh, we've been knowing each other since we were 15. I worked my first job with her. Oh, no way. So, yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's kind of a cool story. That. I mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we'll, we'll circle back around to divorce. Um. So you're in Miami and you're like, I'm, I'm done paying the taxes. I'm willing to move to Puerto Rico. Let's open up some of like, like right now, is it still a good idea for somebody to move to Puerto Rico to try and get some of those, those tax um, benefits? No. <laughs> and the reason why I say that, just being totally transparent, um, it depends on the person. Um, you know, we talked about the homebodies. If you're a homebody, cool. I think you'll be fine. If you like the vibrant cities, if you want to be out and driving and having fun, I would not go to Puerto Rico. Um, yes, it's great tax benefits, but walk, walk through the whole process yes. for, for for going there. Absolutely. Like so, how did you how did you pull it together? So for me, I've always wanted to move to Puerto Rico just because I actually like Puerto Rico, and I'm a homebody, so it made sense for me. Um, it's beautiful. It's always warm year round. You know, even when I remember times Miami was cold during the winter time, you know, it might get a mm. little chilly. It's still 85 degrees in Puerto Rico. I love that. Right. So I always knew I wanted to be in Puerto Rico. So I moved just because I wanted to be there. But of course I come to find out, oh, there's this thing called Act 60. At the time I moved, they were transitioning Act 60 from Act 20 and 22 to Act 60. So same things basically says that, hey, 
If you are an individual that comes here and you're making money, your money via capital gains, whether you're selling a business, there are a few real estate guys there, um, or if you trade crypto slash stocks, right? Any of these that you have capital gains uh, coming in via profit, what we're going to do is tax it at a 0% rate. Now, of course, we're going to have some things we need you to do. We need you to buy some real estate here to stimulate the economy. We need you to, uh, they call it a um, bona fide residency. So it means you need to spend at least six months there um, just to kind of show that you live there. You move your wife down, move all your, you know, move your belongings. If you go to church, find a church in Puerto Rico. Literally, it's moving there. Yeah, and, you're and there six it, months in one day. Yes. At, at a minimum. Absolutely, at a yeah. minimum. So it's, it's literally making Puerto Rico your home. Um, there are guys who try to beat the system. I don't believe in that. Literally, if if they're giving me these, you know, these good benefits, I'm going to follow the rules because I don't want to risk it. Yeah, because <laughs> right? if you get audited down the road and they unwound all that that tax benefit, that could be ugly. <laughs> that would suck. Yes, that could be ugly. Okay, so Act sixty. Act sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you have to employ? Do you have to start a business and employ a so, certain amount of local residences or something? You have two separate sides. So we talked about personal. And then, yes, you have your business side of things that, yes, you have the export tax situation that, yes, you're going to uh, hire one person um, that's in Puerto Rico. So you, they have to live in Puerto Rico. Um, also, there are a few things you can't make over a certain amount of money from Puerto Rico. So you can't be pulling money out of the Puerto Rican system. Got it. Right? Um so as long as you're doing business, you know, mainland or wherever else, you're pulling money from somewhere else and then you're bringing it to Puerto Rico. Oh, they love that. Yeah. Great. No problem. So would this be like start a business? You're still doing like, let's take you for instance, mm-hmm. and me too, just because I do a lot of online coaching. Uh, my online coaching business now relocated to Puerto Rico. I set up a Puerto Rico company. I hire one person mm-hmm. to clean <laughs> the office space, yeah, right. I mean, am I qualifying now for this this hire somebody? Of course, you know, check with your lawyers and your local CPAs. But yeah, as far as my experience, yes, this is exactly how it works. Um, and then as you get deeper into it, you realize, you know, there are some other things that that pop up. So yeah, you get four percent, you know, tax rate for your business. However, there are other things, municipal taxes. Um, one of the things that caught me, I bought a. Well, the, the, the big problem is there's no electricity. You shit in a hole <laughs> down by the river. Besides so, just a couple little minute things that pop up few, on you. Just a few. Yeah, there's a hurricane that destroys the entire, <laughs> That's right. entire uh, infrastructure once a year. And if you can live through it, you'll save in taxes, right? <laughs> but no, wow. seriously. Um, so what popped up for you? The, the, the biggest thing that popped up for me that kind of caught me off guard was um, the taxes on importing cars. So... I bought a Mercedes a GLS 600 Maybach in 2021. Okay. Great so, car. Hey, I'm going to bring it down to the island um, for my coaching clients because they pay me a lot of money to work with them one-on-one. I want to have a nice experience. We're going to pick you pick, up, pick in, a, up in, a, in a Maybach, right? Yep. And then you're going to come to you know this beautiful five-diamond resort and I'm going to teach you stocks and I'm going to teach you how to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so anyway, it comes in. And they go, oh, there's a 30% tax on the value of the car. No. And that's an expensive whip. (laughs) That's an expensive whip. So So what do you do? I've shell out about $90,000. No, you did? (laughs) You imported it. I imported it. That motherfucker's never leaving Puerto Rico. (laughs) It is there forever. Absolutely. So- Yep. A hundred, yeah, like 30 years from now, that thing's going to have cop lights on the top of it. And they're going <laughs> to, 
they're, they're going to be using it to uh, to run their police force. <laughs> so yeah, that wow. that's those. It's a hidden fee. It's okay. a hidden fee to you so know, they they figure out other ways to kind of kind of get you. It's like Florida. It always trips me out. It's like yeah, we zero percent here. Come come to Florida, but every time you drive on a road, there's a toll. Toll. And the ones that don't have tolls have holes. <laughs> and you're like, I can't drive my SVJ down this road. I'm just going to like flatten every tire. Yep. Uh, okay. All right. So you, looking back now, you qualified. You did it for a couple years now. But you don't necessarily recommend. I, I was lucky. I buy real estate and don't pay taxes. The right type of real estate. Mm-hmm. But I consider moving to Puerto Rico. But the idea of staying there for six months in one day is just painful. Yes. I mean, it's, it can be beautiful if you make it, you know, if it's your thing. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I'm leaning more to your route. And that's where I'm, you know, actually heading now. Right. More commercial real estate. Are you div- are you diversifying anything right now? Or are you just all in on the stock stuff? No, no, I diversify. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I have real estate. We're looking to buy more. Uh, so actually, so I'm stocks and my business partner is real estate. And okay. essentially, we're looking to build a fund. And we're going to go all in for that. And he'll do the real estate side of things. I'll do stocks. So we have money now in, you know, different. We're still residential. A couple, a couple of commercial. I think we have an eight bill. So we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Really try to force yourself into the commercial space. It's just a better game. Yeah. It's a, it's a game that feels a little bit more overwhelming, especially when you're new. But for a guy like you that already is fairly financially intelligent and, um, and, and through your line of work, you're meeting all these people that are making money, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to scale the single family business. It's really hard to get the tax benefits out of the single family business. Compared to commercial and multifamily, it's not even close. And I held back for so many years. And I don't even know why. Other than just, I got good at this lane. I stayed in my lane. I just never really left the lane. And I became the best at doing it. And it became easy for me. This last two, three years, like we've really been forcing ourselves out of the single family space. And thank God we did because I was paying taxes before that. God. And I owned a lot of single family, but now I, I, we, we've been able to get into the bigger commercial things. Like right now I got a 67 acre development. We got a hard street corner we're developing where we're building, going through the entitlement process and okay. uh, going to build yeah. some hotels and some other stuff on that parcel. We got a, 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 a about two or three other single tenant triple net lease deals that we're really getting hot and heavy on um, that we're learning about. So it's, it's like going back to school, uh, a whole different set of players. And it's funny because the money is so much easier in commercial. Hmm. You would think it'd be it. the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. Okay. Money loves to flow towards commercial deals. Mm. It hates single family. Oh, yeah. They they crawl up your ass and ask for every document under the sun. They want to know every little thing because the risk is so much worse. That makes sense. Yeah. Plus, your network, your community that you've been building all this time, when you set up the right type of fund, they're going to throw money at you, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you have a low minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you guys can get in for 25 grand or something like that. Now, a lot of people can play the game with you, uh, but I would I would really push commercial Love yeah it. okay yeah and I, like um, I think there's a lot of opportunity coming up right now in the multifamily and commercial space trillions of dollars worth of debt that needs to be restructured mm-hmm. that they're not going to be able to, all, all these the last couple of years everybody speculated mm-hmm. thinking that the market was going to be hot for a while and if you kind of look at what's happening especially in multifamily 
they're building a ton right now. There's a tremendous amount of multifamily that's in development that's going to hit the market here soon. Mm. But there's even way more that they bought, you know, value added to, like fixed up a bunch of the things, mm -hmm. thinking that they can sell it. Well, the market pulled back, rents pulled back a little bit. Now they can't sell it. Stuck in it. So they're stuck in it and their loans are coming due. That bridge financing's coming due and they have to sell or they have to do a capital call. And sometimes they're so underwater that there's no way they're going to get their investors to chase money, you know, good, good money after bad. So a lot of that is selling wow. right now. So that's really okay. what we're focusing on. We're, we're uh, raising a lot of capital right now. Mm -hmm. um, Clevercapitalfund.com. <laughs> uh, but we're just, we're getting ahead. So that way, the last two to three years of building the teams, mm -hmm. making sure we understand the game better, doing a bunch of projects with our own money first, just mm -hmm. to make sure we don't fuck anything yes. up. <laughs> now it's time to start raising capital and being a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Because I think the next three to five years, I'll make more money in the next three to five years than I did in the last 15. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Now, how does that feel just saying that? It's it's beautiful. It's it it what pisses me off is that I waited till 20 years <laughs> in the game before I finally woke up right. and I was like, fuck, I'm not thinking big enough. Right. And it's really just a perception of self-worth. Yeah. So many people roll around like I'm I remember like, God, if I could just make four thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. and do full-time wholesaling, my life's gonna be good. Mm -hmm. If I could just make 10 grand, if I could just make 50 grand, if I could just make a hundred grand. I still, it boggles my mind. Like, what if everybody rolled around and said, I want to make 50 million this year? Mm -hmm. And they really believed that they deserved and they were owed $50 million. Mm -hmm. They would be operating so different. Yes. Right. But then, what if I said, fuck that? I want to make 50 million in a month. Mm -hmm. Like, it's such a bit, it's so scary and overwhelming. You're like, how the hell would how do you, you do, do that? that? How right? would we yeah. even do that? Mm -hmm. um, but when you start believing that you're worth that kind of money, the money starts coming. Mm -hmm. The moves start happening, especially if you're public about it and intentional about it and enthusiastic yes. about it. I agree. I just wasn't, I didn't believe in myself enough to believe that I was worth $100 million in a year. Makes sense. And last year we bought, we bought well over $50 million worth of real estate. And I'm like, fuck, dude, we did that in one year? I bet you I could do 100 next year. And oh, by the way, we just closed on $131 million multifamily no, no, deal. So, so we did, we, we closed on that and that was just a small deal. And I, I'm a minority, minority, minority partner in that deal. But it just goes to show you, people are do, buying one single deal and becoming worth a hundred million dollars. And we're going to keep that deal for probably five years. We'll sell it and make tens and tens and tens of, I mean, who knows, maybe 30, 40, $50 million mm -hmm. on that single yeah. move and pay no taxes. Mm -hmm. Right. I, love it. I mm -hmm. could probably do two or three or four of those in a year, every year. That's so, sweet. That's just thinking sweet. different. Oh yeah. You changing my mindset right now. Just, just as we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to get you into some commercial deals. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you, you teach my it. girlfriend the stock game and the options game. That's right. And uh, I'll spit some game on real estate. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned that you went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, I'd say maybe, let's see, 2019. Yeah. So 2019, things are falling apart. Um, and it's all money issues. I think that's usually what leads there. But mine was a little bit different. You think money issues, you think, oh, you were doing bad, right? Like, oh my God, like couldn't keep the bills paid. No, uh, actually I made a lot of money in 2019 <laughs> and things started to, you know, go a little crazy. And she's, you know. Like meaning what? She's blowing through the money? No, actually what do, what no. Do, what, do, so what do you mean? I said going a little crazy. So 
I think a lot of a lot of things when it comes to relationships, money, business, it's all mindset stuff, right? It's all mindset, depending on whether you have a growth mindset, whether you have a you know scarcity mindset. She was more in a scarcity mindset. And when you think about women, especially, a lot of times we like to think about women being more, um, hey, take care of your woman. Uh, you know, I provide, protect, and she, you know, well, this woman didn't want that. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, I want to maintain my control. And so basically, man, we get to uh, six months into this back and forth. And I'm saying, hey, we need to leave D.C. because I'm, I just made $5 million last year. And I'm not paying the taxes. <laughs> like, I'm going to find a way. Yeah, to, when, you know, isn't D.C. So, one of the, the worst yes, states? Yes, it is. In. Yes, it is. It's crazy. So I'm thinking, hey, we have real estate because that was on the boards. So I said, hey, we have real estate that can lower the taxes. Of course, I was going to do it backwards. We were going to go more residential. But I'm thinking, hey, we have real estate that can help lower these taxes or we can do other places like maybe move, you know, Tennessee, Florida, mm-hmm. or just go Puerto Rico. Um, she had a job that she, you know, she loved there making 100, 120000 a year. And she goes, I love my job. I'm not going anywhere. So okay, so you want me to pay two point five million dollars in taxes per year, so you can keep your hundred thousand dollar a year job? I can't justify that. You want to see resentment? Let me sign that check. That's it's going to yeah, be a would, lot of resentment, right? Um, so I said, hey, we can do real estate. We can do this. None of the none of the compromises work. I said, hey, I tell you what, you keep your job. I'll go here. And so we decided to you know split ways, and she kept her job. And, oh wow! And I moved. So yeah. And you know, some divorces are bad. Some are good. Some mm-hmm. are whatever. Did you feel like uh, going through that transition period was that rough? Was that simple for you? Uh, it was. It was rough. But you didn't have kids. No, I didn't have kids. See, that that makes a big difference. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. It was rough only because the transition, as far as moving and everything. I'm one of those, I'm a people pleaser. I'll be honest. I'm a people pleaser. I like to see people happy, right? So for me to hurt someone with the decision, it felt, it was a little tough for me. But um, I'm a financial guy as well, right? I like yeah. I like money and I like to be smart with my money. And so I couldn't justify both. So it's like, you know, make a stupid money decision or go with the love. And it's like, eh, you know. And I, I remember, I think it was uh, Mr. Wonderful. He goes, uh, which one's easier to uh, replace? Mm, I've seen that clip. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think, oh, yeah, okay, I think I can replace the woman. So that's, I went that way, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it cost me 1.1 million, you know, to, you know, make sure she's good. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> so your taxes were paid one way or another. They were paid one way or another, man. right? So it's like, okay, well, that's just part of the, you know. Yeah. You, you bought yourself out of the contract. That's it. So, yeah. um, so I, I look at it that way. It was my freedom price. So yeah. I said, okay, fine. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I got to a point where, and I don't know if you had this feeling, you go through a divorce and you're a successful man, you kind of start thinking, well, who should I date? And are they going to be here? You know, what are the reasons they're going to be here for? Right. So I went back to my past. So there was this really beautiful woman, looks like a model that I always remembered. Name was Felicia, I think. Huh? I wonder if she still looks like a model because the kid, the people we grew up with, they're fat now and they're out of shape, and they're yep. you know maybe they're not worth you know. You're looking at her. You're looking at their mama. You're like, <laughs> right. all right, is this gonna? Is this the future? <laughs> what is this gonna be? Yep. So, uh, so I'm thinking. I wonder if she still looks like a model. So um, I worked my first job with her, and so anyway, I look her up, 
and she still looks like a model. And I go, ah, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you should come, you know, and she was into, uh, she was in tech. So she, basically, she's investing. She's making a quarter million a year. She's investing the money. And I'm already in, you know, stock and teaching people, stock market, investing. She's like, can you teach me? I said, of course I can teach you. Come come holler at me. You know, I got you. So we, you know, we sit down, we have some fun and we hit it off. And, you know, we pick right back up where we left off, you know. The old free coaching game. Free coaching, baby. Sure. You would like some free coaching? <laughs> I happen to have a, a, a coupon code That's for right. you to get my course for free. Step into my office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. So, and then you reconnected and boom. Yep. Now, uh, this is just me being selfish and wanting to know, like, mm-hmm. this time around, how are you operating differently? Oh, man, it's a great question. So, yeah. uh, the first things first was, you know, we called it a business contract. So, we essentially started the relationship on business. That was the number one thing. Hey, here is what we're looking to do. Are you agreeable to these terms? If so, let's take this ride, baby. Because we we have this saying, love, the love can be grown. You can grow the love. But the business agreement is hard to change that, especially if you don't have one, right? And I've always said that the marriage structure we have nowadays, it's all business. That That's literally it. If I love you, I can love you without getting the government involved, right? But if we get the government involved and we go get married legally, I personally feel that is business. That's a business contract. So we started there and then we grew from there. And you know, at this point, you know, the love is there. We love each other. I mean, that's my baby. You know, I love her. So yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah good. Yeah, I know for me, I'm operating way different. Mm-hmm. Way different. Absolutely. Every stupid little thing I neglected to do, all the little moments I could have leaned in on the relationship, but I didn't, I didn't yeah. lean in enough. Um there's not a second that goes by that I'm not fighting for that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I just make, I just have shifted so hard to make it a major priority for me. And I yeah. think it's important for your significant other to feel that kind of fight. Yes. Just like we're fighting to make money over in real estate or in stocks. I'm fighting every day to make sure she knows that she's my MVP, that, that she's important to me, that her love languages are being met mm-hmm. and heard and um, pouring into that relationship. Absolutely. And it's funny my whole goal was safety because mm-hmm. I, I never met, I never allowed my ex to feel truly safe, truly unconditionally loved. It was more conditional, not meaning I never can conditionally loved her. Right. I just treated it that way mm-hmm. and didn't even realize I same. was doing it. It I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. You know, I was so selfish sometimes mm-hmm. about trying to build my businesses and focus on the things I want that I put her into her masculine. Mm-hmm. When you put a woman in her masculine, it's so Bingo. difficult to, the intimate side just dies. And it's so difficult to, to get away from just feeling annoyed and feeling short tempered and, uh, wanting to hide. I wanted to hide so bad back in my business because oh, I was just yes. like, I was like, I, I feel safe there. Yes. I feel good there. I feel in control there. I feel like I'm I'm valued there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I can actually make a difference there. But then I would come home and it was like chaos. Yes. Yep. And I didn't even understand that I that. caused it all. I caused all that foundational mm-hmm. challenges by putting her into her masculine Mm-hmm. neglecting the safety where mm-hmm. women want to feel Absolutely. safe. And I fucking blew that. And looking back now, I'm like, duh, you bonehead. Like, <laughs> of course, it's so easy to make a woman feel safe. Right. I mean, they really want somebody to 
to show up and provide. Yes. They want somebody to show up and protect. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they want somebody to be present. Yes. The three Ps. Yes. It's like, if you provide for them, they're going to fucking lock arms with you and be like, that's my dude and support you to going to war every day mm -hmm. and bring, bring home fresh kills. Right. Right. And if you protect, that means that you got your health game on point, that you're, you know, you're tactically able to fucking protect yep. her. You're showing up with your masculine energy, all that stuff. And then the, the presence, that's the part that I fucking blew. Yes. I was a great provider over, I killed the pro providing. Protecting, great. D did better towards the end as I actually got my health a priority, but mm -hmm. uh, the present blew it. I, I think would, a lot of entrepreneurs, we we all kind of go through that where it's, I got to focus here. I have to focus my you know energy, my time. And women, I think, feel it, man. You know, they, they can understand and see you're giving that business way more time than you give me. And it's a problem. You know, I, yeah. I, I would agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but this next relationship... She, you know, it's fucked up because her, uh, Shannon's new boyfriend mm -hmm. is getting the best feminine energy from her. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching it and I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> he gets all that feminine shit yeah. with all the sexy lingeries mm -hmm. and the pictures and the, and all the, the intimate shit. Yeah. But my girl gets all the best from me. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, so a lot of times entrepreneurs, they get their second or third go round is their best go round. I agree because they're they they've actually learned, and you know, mm -hmm. guys like me need ran the fuck over before I wake <laughs> up. And go, Duh, yep, boy, I fucked that up. Same. I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. And learning from it. Same here. All right. Yep. Well, hopefully, there's some some guys listening to this right now that are staring at their relationship, and they're like, "Why do I have so much friction in my relationship?" It's because you put her under your her her masculine, you dumb motherfucker. Yep. Just take a step back, a woman wants to see, okay, and this is the power move. She will shift back into her feminine energy when you go upstream and heal your pain. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. If you take the time to go deeper with yourself, and this is what I had to do. I had to get ran over by a divorce, ran over by a death, finally give up and surrender control, go and get professional help, Start doing the breath work. Start doing the the actual therapy, mm -hmm. the EMDR Therapy's and all the therapy. Yeah. And I'm not talking about talk therapy. I'm not mm -hmm. talking about showing up once a week and no. like, you're like <laughs> what's been going on? And you spend 30 minutes catching them up on your life and it feels like a bitch fest. Right. No, no. <laughs> That's not going to move the needle for men. Mm -hmm. Men need to go upstream and like do some like literally open heart surgery on your inner child. Like that's mm -hmm. what you need. You need to go so aggressive and so deep, just like you're attacking a new opportunity or a business. You need to say, hey, I want to go and get the EMDR, which is rapid eye movement uh, with neuro-linguistic programming where they where they take your pain and they knock it down to a zero. They, I did horse therapy, acting therapy. I did group therapy, one-on-one -on -one therapy. I did all these modalities, Love it. but I did them all condensed in one week. It oh. was an intensive. Wow. Okay. It was yeah. 14 hours a day for seven days in a row. No internet, no social, no business, no emails, no nothing. Didn't talk to my friends, my family, nothing. Just wow. an immersive seven days of all in where you start remembering all the fucked up things that happened in your childhood. And you go, holy shit, I didn't even remember that. Right. And you start unpacking all that pain. That's why you... Are reacting the way you are. That's why you make the decisions you you make. That's why you uh, people feel your energy the way they feel it is because you're carrying around this weight around your ankle. You don't even know it because you're good at business. 
that doesn't make you a good man, person. a good person. Yep. And your woman is feeling that from you right now. Mm-hmm. And, oh, great. You're a great provider. So the fuck what? I, I didn't marry you because I wanted to have a, you know, my bills paid. Mm-hmm. I, that, that's what they tell you. Right. I didn't marry you for your money. Emma. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> but that's not the only reason. Right. And uh, until I realized that third layer, which is how do I show up and be present for my children, be present for her, not not reacting so quickly, really. And I think this actually would make you a better stock trader mm-hmm. because Absolutely. if you were a heel man and you can control your emotions, yes, damn, you would make so much better decisions because that's probably the biggest thing that gets people in trouble. Biggest thing. Right? Biggest they see it start going down. They sell real fast. Fear and greed. Those are the two. The two biggest things that make people lose is fear and greed. And there's a thing that says, hey, the more greed you push into, the more fear goes up. Because if I'm trading with, let's say you have a $10,000 account and you put $10,000 on the stock. Well, you're being greedy. You're trying to make a lot of money off the 10K. Well, because you're being greedy, you're now afraid to lose the 10K because that's all you have. So the more of the overall amount of money in your account that you put at risk, the more fearful you get. And so it's it's just these- it Makes sense. Right? And then you make quick decisions quick, that ends decisions. up getting you hurt. Mm. That's it. Yeah. So it, if you want to know how, how to um, do well in crypto, do the opposite of whatever I do. <laughs> that's how That's how you know you're going to make money because I always go, I sell, then the market goes up. <laughs> I wanted to buy this fucking, I, I was building a house. I wanted to buy this fish tank. And uh, I had in my head, I'm, I deserve a fish tank. <laughs> I, I'm, I live in Arizona. There's no ocean. Mm-hmm. I'm buying this big ass custom <laughs> fish tank. We're going to yeah. put it in the wall. It's going to be massive. I'm going to have all this. It's going to be a dope saltwater tank with live coral. Like it was going to be sick. So I get the p- fish tank priced out. It was going to be $60,000. I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy the $60,000 fish tank. Mm-hmm. By the way, that doesn't come with any motherfucking fish. It's just a <laughs> it's tank. Just a it's tank. just a, literally a cube. <laughs> Uh, and then I had to pay another like $15,000 to get it installed in the wall and build, build the wall around it. Um, so the fish fish tank's 60K. I have Bitcoin. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell this Bitcoin. I'm going to buy this fish tank, right? So I sell $60,000 worth of Bitcoin. I've been holding this Bitcoin forever, <laughs> right? Sure as shit, the week after I sell the Bitcoin, the fucking Bitcoin doubles. <laughs> doubles. Yeah. I paid $120,000 for a fish tank. <laughs> Because I do not know how to trade crypto properly or uh, read the back, what's the, what'd you call it? The back, back test. I didn't back test anything. I just <laughs> said, yeah, I want the fish tank. Yep. And as soon as I did it, it, it shut up. And I looked at Shannon and I looked at my builder and I was like, motherfucker, you better not scratch this fish tank. This is a $120,000 tank. We're, we're going to do it right. Um, and then, what, oh, by the way, don't do a fish tank ever. Ever, ever. It was so great. It cost me $750 a month to maintain the tank. Wow. Just think about how stupid that is. <laughs> My house, but this house, I just sold it. Thank God. I sold it for 4.4 million, 4.5 million, mm-hmm. um, which out here in Arizona is a, a nice decent house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was costing me $40,000 a month to live in this house. Just to wow. live in the house yeah. between all the bills. I put I built it with 22 foot tall ceilings. Mm-hmm. My AC bill was $3,200 every month. Three grand just for uh, <laughs> uh, power yeah. and AC. Just to stay cool. Just as that was one bill. Every bill was between two to $3,500. Every one. 
And it just added up. And by the time you feed the kids, you're at 45 grand a month. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck this house. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't wait to sell it. Um, anyways. Well, dude, this has been a fun conversation. Absolutely. I like shit like this where Absolutely. it's just kind of off the cuff and just raw and real. Um, what are you focused on right now? So you're out here, you're doing an event. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we have an event uh, where pretty much some of the things we were talking about today, I'll be teaching the cycles and teaching a lot of- So you actually pull up a computer, show them up on the screen. Yep. And this is for newbies? So newbies, uh, I'll have some, actually some hedge fund managers in the building. So we'll, we'll have some people there from all, you know, levels, newbies all the way up. So how does a hedge fund manager sitting in a, like a class where there's like somebody who like never has really done much. I've actually worked with seven hedge fund managers. So I'm a quarter million dollars to work with one-on-one. So I'm not cheap. So you got to know somebody's coming. Right. And of course, I think there are what, 7,000 hedge funds. So, you know, I'm not teaching uh, Charlie Munger. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But there are hedge fund managers out there that are just performing poorly. Like there are a lot of hedge funds that just don't do well. So they see some of the things that I've been able to do and they say, hey, teach me. You okay. Know? Show me some of the sauce. Right, show me some of the sauce. And yep. of course, I know you're going to go make a shit ton of money on my information. So, hey, pay up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I know I'm bringing the value. So they show up, they do things like that. Uh, I'm going to have people in, in the building who are also going to be looking to come into the fund because people are waiting on me to start this fund so they can give me their money. So they're, they're, they're you ever worried about that? No, no, no. My confidence is too high. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I'll be What's honest. the worst loss you've ever taken? Uh, worst loss. I've lost uh, 1.2 million. 1.2 million. In a trade or no, 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 like, no, how does that no, no. work? So, well, it's, it's a trade. Yeah. But it was more of a swing trade. So it's like, Hey, hold here. It should hit this area. Right. Um, and it's ha it happens often. So I'm in, I'm in a Tesla short. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So I'm in a Tesla short, uh, where we buy puts basically saying, Hey, I bet you that the stock Tesla stock goes down. Okay. I go into Tesla right? This was actually a good one. I'm going to Tesla. It keeps going against me. So it's moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up. I have an expiration date. So basically I'm saying, hey, I bet you Tesla goes down before the end of 2022. Okay. So there's a time, there's, so there's a, a clock time on component it. Yep. on it, right? Okay. So it's going up, it's going up, it's going up. And there's a few people who don't know me who are watching me trade and they're going, you know, hey, this guy's an idiot. He's shorting Tesla. It goes up, it goes, it goes up. Luckily, I'd say... Six months into the trade, I'm down a quarter million, down a quarter million. And a news, a headline comes out that um, Bill Gates has a $500 million short position against Tesla. <laughs> You're like, praise Jesus. Thank go. you so much. <laughs> Bill, first time Bill Gates ever came out and did anything right. <laughs> that benefits you in an actual real beneficial way. Seriously. And literally, man, uh, going into January 2022, Tesla just starts to slide. Mm. And luckily, I closed the position out maybe in May of 2022 for, uh, I was down a quarter million. I probably closed it out for maybe 1.3. So it was it was a good trade. So you made money. So I made money. You made money on that. So that was right up. I mean, that's a lot of risk. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what made so, you feel like Tesla was going to go down? So same thing. So I like to I look at a few things. One, Look at history, right? And history will tell you, you know, you have support and resistance. And all that means is resistance says that if you hit this area, it should fall. Support tells you if it hits that area, it should bounce, right? So I'm looking at little things like that. And that's not the best, you know, support and resistance is for newbies. But I'm looking at other things similar to support and resistance. And I'm telling myself, no, you have to get down here. This is the price that the market's telling me you want, right? So I'm looking and I'm playing against it. And I'm, you know, I'm in a little early, 
and it goes against me. And literally, now how much do you have to put in to do something like that? Is this something where you're using leverage? No, no, no. So the beauty about options, so leverage is going to be more so in the futures market, which is why I say that's not for newbies. Because you can put $1,000 on an option or on a futures contract, and you can lose your 1000 and more. Mm. <laughs> With options, I love options because guess what? Whatever I put into the option contract is all I can lose. Okay. Right. So, so are we playing with like big money? Uh, so yeah, with that Tesla trade, I had probably about 700K in the trade. So you, you go in right from the beginning and, or is it like something like you put in a little and you put in a little more? I can scale put- in. So it depends on, you know, the position and, and how uh, confident I am where it's going. Um, I'll scale, I call it scaling or accumulate. So yeah, I, I'll go in and maybe put, so with a $700,000 position, I might go quarter million first. And then if it goes up a little bit more, I might do 150K, 150K. But I have a rule. I will not scale in more than five times. If I'm scaling in more than five times, I'm just wrong. Cut the loss. Cut the loss. You were wrong. It's okay. Mm. (laughs) Reposition, right? So that's the thing when it comes to stock trading. You have to know when you're wrong. You have to know, oh, hey, I'm going to lose money. And so I that, that one this. worked out for you, but you said out. the other one, you now, lost money. Yeah, I, I was in a short against Google. Um, and I knew Google. So this is before Google did a stock split, Alphabet. So Google, Alphabet, they're uh, sitting at, it was maybe 1400 at the time. And I'm trading it every day. So I'm making, you know, good money each day. And then it gets to, I don't know, 1800 I think, no, no, no. You're telling me you need to go back here. Well, I get in too early. Once again, I get in too early at a one point. Actually, it was 900K at the time. And then I scaled in, scaled in. I didn't take the law. I'm thinking, no. And at this point, I'm way too confident. I'm overconfident. I'm telling myself, no, you have to hit this area. Well, it goes up more. It goes against me. It goes against me. And then it stalls. And instead of going down, it consolidates. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, boy. The one thing about options is you have what's called time decay. So you can be right, but if you're running out of time, you're losing. Got it. <laughs> right? So literally, man, I have, uh, I think it was a six-month expiration date on it. And six months gets here, and it's, it's trash. Like, it's all gone. <laughs> so you just lose it. It's, I had maybe 40K left in the trade out of 1.3 million. Mm-hmm. And so I take the loss. I go, okay, it's all good. I get out, and just like your Bitcoin example, Google Falls. <laughs> right afterwards. Right oh, to exactly where I knew it was. That would drive me crazy. <laughs> yes. Fuck. So, I would go crazy. That was like <laughs> that's like one of those moments where you're like, I'm just, I need to step away for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So yeah. it's part of the game. Yeah. Okay. Well shit. You win some, you lose you some. Win some, you lose some. You know, I, I I think it's important to talk about the losses too, mm-hmm. just as much as the gains, because this is risk, this is investing, this mm-hmm. isn't gambling. You you shouldn't be treating it like that. You should right. be really treating it like a profession mm-hmm. and increasing your skills and capabilities. So it's cool to see you out there teaching people and um, glad that you were able to to come into the office and Absolutely. I was able to meet you, dude. Yes, sir. Been seeing you on social for a while now. Mm-hmm. So how, how do people follow you? Yeah, so at Taysweat, T-A-Y-S-W-E-A-T on all platforms. Um, YouTube, I do a lot on YouTube. Instagram, of course. And uh, I don't really deal with the whole Snapchat and everything else. But. You're too cool for that. You're too <laughs> cool for that. We'll, we'll syndicate the content over there. Yeah, absolutely. But no, so, you know, I, I, I like to do a lot on Instagram and YouTube because I'm, I'm more helpful there. So that's what I like to do. So, yeah. Yeah. And every once in a while I watch you, you go live, you talk about, you know, personal shit and mm-hmm. 
just different different things that are more entrepreneurial based, which is good. People mm-hmm. can can get to know you better. So go go check out Tay. Thank you for coming to the Clever Absolutely. Investor Studios. We're, we, we find this is our first full fledged stock episode. So hopefully if you guys got some value out of this, this is all about making money, multiplying your money. And then what charities are you into? Uh, so I like a few charities. Um, of course, I was raising, you know, in the hood, right? So Boys and Girls Club. Mm. Love Boys and Girls Club. Um, also, there was a, a, not too long ago, it was a charity where you can give to uh, African, uh, to build African schools. Right. Okay. Um, I'm still doing a little research on it because I I don't trust everybody. I'll be honest with you. So I'm not going to say their names public. But once I get my research out, I'll go ahead and put that one out. But I love Boys and Girls Club because that's that actually is who raised me pretty much. Uh, I play basketball at all the Boys and Girls Clubs in Nashville. I love that. So it, it's a really big thing for me. We, we uh, for a few years, I was a member of a men's group in Chandler, Arizona called the Chandler Compadres. And we were raising about $1.3 a year. And we were the number one funders of the Boys and Girls Club uh-huh. in Chandler, Arizona. And it was really cool to meet the kids, mm-hmm. play basketball mm-hmm. with them and hang out. Um, buy Christmas gifts for them, yes. school supplies, after school, uh, you know, care. Uh, so that way their parents that normally it was a single parent household and they had to work. So we would provide the aftercare stuff for them. And we also um, got them all their uh, tutoring and all that stuff and made sure that they looked fresh on the basketball court and it. all that. I love it. Uh, it, was a, it was a really cool impact mm-hmm. and it stayed local. I love that. Mm-hmm. It stayed local. So that's cool that you're into that. Mm-hmm. All right. So go follow my, my, my new good friend, Tay. And uh, if you want to learn stocks, go check them out. Hopefully you got some value out of this episode. I hope you did. Share it with a friend that it might be into uh, day trading or stock trading or options or just want to learn more about uh, that type of investing. And we're out of here until next time. Take care. Comb your hair. See you soon. Peace. Hey, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor, host of the Clever Investor Show podcast. And I'm shooting this ad right now to let you know that this podcast exists. It's finally out and we have some amazing guests. So please, I'm begging you, can you just come and give our podcast a listen? I've been doing real estate for a really long time. I've accessed some of the coolest people in the world. We were having all these amazing conversations and I'm like, what are we doing? Let's record this and actually put it out on a podcast. But the problem is I have to let people know about it. That's where this ad comes in and this is where you come in. You're gonna be able to learn from successful entrepreneurs, get in-depth interviews from amazing leading experts. You're gonna learn real estate investing strategies and tactical training strategies that work in today's market. We're going over market analysis and different market predictions. You're gonna be able to engage in an awesome community. And we go into some pretty deep dives on the mindset of what it takes to win the game of money and in life, plus lots of bonus resources and exclusive content. So what you're gonna wanna do right now is click the link that you see on your screen and give the show a subscribe Today, we have amazing guests like Ken McElroy and Robert Kiyosaki and Wes Watson and Pace Morby and Jamil Damji and Vina Jetty and a whole host of amazing men and women entrepreneurs that you're going to love to learn from and get to know. So what you want to do right now is click that link and give the show a subscribe today.